Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We have got a great show in store. Today on the show, I get to talk with my buddy, Tyler Merritt. You may remember Tyler from when he came on the show in 2020, episode 246. Well, his new book, I Take My Coffee Black, is out now, and y'all, you're going to love it. It's such a profoundly personal and beautifully honest look at what it feels like to be Tyler, a black man in America today. I count it a great honor to call him my friend, and I'm so thankful for how he's teaching us so generously. I can't wait for you to hear from him, too. So here's my conversation with Tyler Merritt. I'm sorry. You will. We'll. We'll for sure have you on at our end of the year this year. Uh huh. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. We'll see how we'll it see goes. We'll see what Annie. happens. I see what's up. Okay. So you were on last fall. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just a little more official because I. I don't know if you know this, but I did a show, a really moving show where some where the guests kind of said things they'd never said before. Right. And I was recording by myself in here, and I lost their half of the recording. And at the end of that day, I called my team and I said, never again. I will not record one more podcast without an engineer in the room. I can't. I can't. I'm not gifted at this at all. And then that's why we have old Gregory. Gregory. Craig, the man. He does it all for us. Here's what I'm concerned about is I don't think people will ever get to see you. You're like beautiful and tall. (laughs) You're like tall, gorgeous, curly hair. I know. They see him sometimes. They see him sometimes. Nice chin. Yeah. I mean, He's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got him a girlfriend out of it, so. Oh, dope. Yeah. But, bro, last time I came, it was only women that worked in here. Yeah. And it was kind of intimidating. <laughs> like, kind of intimidating. We're diversifying. <laughs> yeah. So you were here last year. You came, between then and now, I didn't even know this was going on in the background about cancer. Mm-hmm. Do you write about cancer in the book? Is it in? No, because the book no, happened before cancer because happened. I turned in the book at yes. the end of November. Yes. And then was diagnosed with cancer like five days later. Yes. Will you tell that story, whatever you want to tell? Um. Yeah, sure. Um. I appreciate you asking about it because it's a super rare form of cancer called liposarcoma. <laughs> I'll try not to get too emotional about it because I'm better now. Yeah. But, um. I was having some GI issues, yeah, and I I went to my normal care doctor, yeah, and they were like, "Let's go and have you get an ultrasound. We'll send you to some people in Smyrna because that's where I get my stuff taken care yeah. of." And I went in and saw a guy, and he was like, "Eh, something's weird here. We don't know. We're gonna get some more tests." And I knew it was weird, and yeah. it was unusual when. I went to go get the ultrasound, <laughs> and typically when you get an ultrasound, the ultrasound techs are not supposed to tell you what's going on. They're uh-huh. just supposed to do the ultrasound, send it to your doctor. Yes. But I was getting my ultrasound done, and I was joking with the girl who's doing it. We were laughing, cracking yeah. up, and then she suddenly stopped, went into the other room, got somebody else, came in, and the first thing the lady said to me was, so so, uh, are you feeling okay? <gasps> and I went, uh... I'm, I mean, I'm okay. I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> You're like, I mean, I'm here I'm because here. I'm not feeling okay. Right, but. <laughs> right. Then I had to go get another like MRI or something to that effect, and it was the same thing. Somebody came out after looking at my scan and went, "Hey, are you are you okay, buddy?" You know, uh-huh. and that's when I started going, "Oh man, this is not good." So then yeah. I got all my results back. I sent it. You didn't I, ask him. You didn't say what. No, because you they can't tell you anyways. <laughs> I, I'd have been like. What what would you feel what if you I, were invited? What I did say though to them, and I was like, none of you are good actors in here. Uh-huh. I was like, if you can't tell me what's going on, I yes. need you to not walk in with this That's shocked right. face, That's completely right. like That's you know. Right. And it just so happens that in the community of people that I know, I know a couple of doctors, yeah. and sent sent my stuff over to somebody, and they said you need to go to Vanderbilt tomorrow. Oh my and gosh. so. They helped me get. How do you even a, know who to call? Okay, they'd help you because I'm like, if someone says go to Vanderbilt, I'm like, do I just drive down? So and park off of Vivian so, Way or whatever it is. No, I'll tell you what happened, Annie, and this is crazy. But the friend who, who who's my friend works for the Predators. Yeah. He's their shoulder doctor, and he works in Vanderbilt. And he looked at my scans and he said, "Hey Tyler, I'm going to send you to a specialist Got for it. this thing at wow. Vandy." And so I went with a friend of mine, with my friend Shannon, and we drove to the place. Yeah. And I drove to a cancer center not knowing that that's where I was going. Oh, my gosh. As we drove up, she went, did you know you were coming to the cancer center? And I was like, <gasps> no, 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 I did not know. So I go into the room, and this 
100-pound tiny Asian guy from Australia who I love sits down with me and says, I got good news and I got bad news. The good news is, no, he goes, the, yeah, the good news is, is that you have a cancer that we, I can go in and I think I can go and get all, no, he didn't say cancer at first. He said, you have a tumor, it's 28 pounds (gasps) in your abdomen. And it's likely that I can go in and probably take, we might have to take out a kidney and maybe have to take out some of your colon. And he goes, have you seen it yet? And I said, no, I haven't. So he shows it to me and I'm like, I mean, I, and when I was here, I was all, uh-huh. I was already like, I was kind of Santa Clausing some because I just finished shooting a movie <laughs> and I just felt like, you know, I'm just gaining some, you know, yeah. pandemic weight. Yeah. And so he ends up showing it to me and, and he said, that's the good news. And I, was, I was like, what's the bad news? And he was like, 28 pounds. Yeah. He's like, well, you're going to have to have surgery. Yeah. I said, that's the bad news. He's like, yeah, but I think I can get it all. Yeah. But we just don't know what we're going to get once we get in there. Yeah. And he also said it's really invasive. So there is a risk. There's a high risk factor. To I it. mean, that's three times the weight of a baby. That a woman exactly births, yeah, and so oh I still gosh, didn't think yeah. it was cancer because the whole reason I ended up going and looking into it is you know Melinda Doolittle, yeah, yeah, okay. She had a similar surgery, but it wasn't cancerous. Yes, I remember. And I happened to see her at this event, and she told me what she went through, yeah. and I went, maybe I need to go do this as well. Oh, and she was wow. like, yeah, do. and so we kept in contact Man, the whole isn't time. That the Lord. So much to this day, I tell her she saved me from cancer. Yeah, and so I went, and the the that can't that doctor was sitting there across from me, Annie, and I said, "So wait, wait, so do I have cancer?" And he goes, "Oh, oh yeah, you have cancer. Oh, you wow. definitely like." And I'm still sitting there not knowing what's going. I'm just like, right. maybe I have a tumor. He's like, "Oh no, this is all cancer. This 28 pound thing. Oh, we're gosh. gonna go get it." And it wasn't. A week later, I was in surgery. Oh, my gosh. You're kidding. It was a week later. It wasn't a week later. Like, they were like, we need to get this yeah. right now. Who lo- who knows how long you've been sitting on it. Oh, my gosh. They went in. I ended up losing a kidney. I now have a scar from my chest to the bottom of my stomach. And my mom came down yeah. and slept on my couch as I recovered. I had to learn yeah. how to walk again. Um yeah. Some incredible people came out of the woodworks to show support for me. I just finished writing this book. Yes. So this book runs through so much and it gets super personal, super intense. Gets cra- It's crazy how deep I get in here, but there's yeah. no mention of cancer yeah. because I had just turned it in. Yes. And then cancer happened five days later. Yes. And um, so they got the yeah, whole thing. They got it all. But I go back every in, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, we're in Nashville, yes. right down the street from Vanderbilt. Yes. And so I go right down the street now every six months or so and yeah. have my little Asian friend check me out. And they just think it was one tumor just that kept growing. Liposarcoma. Liposarcoma. Usually cancer is really smart, uh-huh. right? It's super intelligent. Cancer is like, oh, I'm in your body. I'm going to go everywhere. Yeah. Uh, we call liposarcoma the like kind of dumb cancer. They're like, oh, right. I'm just going to hang out here, guys. Right. We're just going to hang out here. I'm just going to keep multiplying right just here. just going to keep multiplying right in this spot. So he went in and got it all. I mean, the guy's a hundred... I didn't want to look at it, but okay. everybody in my life has seen it. <laughs> if there was any friend with me right now, they would be like, do you want to see it? Uh-huh. Like everybody saw it for me yeah. because I just, we called it Fred. Yeah. Um, it was too hard for me. It, it yeah. was. It's hard for me to look at anything that I feel like is now a part of my past. I want to just mm. leave it. I want to leave it behind. Well, I mean, that's interesting because you just wrote a whole book about your past. <laughs> Yeah, but when I think it's for the betterment, like if someone said to me, hey, Tyler, looking at this, looking at Fred will be, can help change the world a little bit, I might go, okay, cool, I'll take a look yeah, at Fred. Yeah, You know, yeah. but it was hard. But I appreciate you asking about it because a lot of people don't know liposarcoma exists. Right. And um, Is it only in your abdomen when it happens? Um, It can happen anywhere, really, that there's any sort of fat on your body, uh-huh, basically. Uh-huh. Um, and... It just so happened in my abdomen is where it took place. Yeah. And if you go back even and look at the pictures from when I was here last time, yeah. I was wearing, I think, an A-dot ham hoodie. And I was like kind of, I mean, I just looked chubby, but it was all tumor. My gosh. Yeah, it was crazy, Annie. It was crazy. What, but God is good. What do you know about God now that you didn't know last time you sat in this chair? Well, I'll, let me, I'll, I'll say this. There's a couple things. I believe this kind of with anything as I get older, when people talk about their personal experience with God, we can have empathy. We really can. But I really do believe unless you go through 
it's really hard for you to understand where they've been. Think about how many people you know that have said, I've had cancer. Mm-hmm. But there are very few. I've, I had friends. My best friend's father passed away of cancer during COVID. Mm-hmm. But once you sit in a room across from a doctor and he tells you that you have cancer, there is a small group of us that know what that's like and have lived through that. Yeah. And there's no explanation that I can give you that is going to allow you to know what that moment feels like. Mm. That moment is a different moment than I've ever had with God. When somebody looks at you and goes, there's a possibility you might not be here anymore. Your idea of God is faithful is no longer just a statement. Oh, wow. You follow me? Yeah. Um, When someone says, oh, God is faithful or God is good. No, 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 no. Now you're going, God, you're you're faithful. You're faithful, right? (laughs) Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And... Then when you say God is good on you're on the other side, it takes on a whole other meaning. Mm-hmm. It's not just God is good. I my my bank account is a little bit better. It's God is good. I didn't know if I was going to be here last week and I am today. Yeah. And I hate to sound this sounds super cliche, but when you live through an experience like that, Annie, it makes you reevaluate the impact that you have on people and what you're doing huh. with your life. Really? It really, because in my case, it was during COVID. So I was on the ICU in Vanderbilt during COVID. So I sat in a room sick, getting better while yeah. listening to people next to me who never walked out of that building. Wow. I was hearing people cry and, and wives scream yeah. at doctors because they were never going to leave that building. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, I'm getting better now. And there's going to be a time where I'm going to walk out of this building. And when I walk out, what am I going to do? And I think that's something we all talk about when you hear people say, live your best life or go after and do that thing that you want to do. But um, when you don't know if you're going to walk back out of the hospital, when you finally take that step out and the drugs have worn off, Uh (laughs) you know, you look around and kind of go, Okay, I've talked about changing the world, but yeah, let's go do it now, shall we? Yeah. You know, it's a it's a different animal. Yeah. When you were recovering, mm-hmm. when you're like, yeah, getting your feet back under you and walking again, and I mean, you were in bed for weeks. Yeah. As I remember it. Mm-hmm. When you're doing all that, when you're between the surgery and changing the world, what are you thinking about then? For me, okay, so for me personally, my mother was there a big, yeah. a big chunk of it. Yes. Straight from Vegas. Straight from Vegas, right? And she, um, my mother, uh, my mother mothered the heck out of me, man. That's like she, awesome. she, she just, she slept on my couch in my apartment and mothered the heck out of me. With that in mind, though, it, I, I was in that healing process and I had people coming to me. And here's the other thing. Because of the Tyler Merritt Project, we, okay, you and I, we live in a very blessed, weird world where we have people that don't know us who feel an attachment to us, right? So it's just a weird place to be. Yeah. There are people I don't know that I feel attached to. Tabitha Brown, right? Right, right. I don't know her hardly at all, and I feel so in love with her. Right, right. And so, you know, I had so much support from people sending me things and all these things, but they're in the midst of being there with my mom. In the in-between, I felt like almost like a, 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 a boxer who was getting ready to go back out into yeah, the world and fight yeah, that fight, you yeah. know? It was that Rocky sequence where, granted, it was an incredibly boring Rocky sequence with my mom <laughs> making soup. You know what I mean? It wasn't right. like I was jogging on a beach. Right. Um, but th- I, there was this preparation. And for me, and I'm sure you can get this too, because I feel like we are kindred in so many ways, yeah. is... Sometimes it takes things to make you slow down. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And I was just running, 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 running. And mm-hmm. I stopped. Mm-hmm. I, I had a forced stop. Yeah. And in that forced stop, it allowed me to um, restructure some of my intentions mm-hmm. and think about things that are important and think about things that are petty. And It's crazy once you finish, you know this too, from writing a book and all the things that come immediately following. And I was right there in the editing process. But I had to stop. 
Right. And so that rocky sequence is kind of what happened there in the yeah. in the middle. And then once I started feeling like I got my bearings again, mm-hmm. I felt like I breathed differently. I literally did because I wasn't yeah. carrying a 28-pound yes. cancerous tumor. Yes. But there was another part in and me. A that, uh, and so a kidney. And a kidney. That's probably another two pounds. <laughs> and, and, and a kidney. Which I'm going to say this right now it. because they're very – I miss my kidney. They're <laughs> fair. I, I, nobody's going to – some people are going to really care about this. Some people aren't. Sarah Highland uh-huh. from uh, Modern Family yes. in Dates Wells Adams. Yeah. She reached out to me and was one of the cool. I'm telling. I'm saying this on your podcast because if anybody's ever cu- been curious to what she's like, yeah. She reached out to me because she has had some kidney problems throughout oh, wow. her life. Yeah. And she was like my kidney guru. Oh my! Like gosh. she reached out to me and was like, "Let me tell you about what you need to do." How yeah. when I started being able to eat pizza again, I literally texted her in town. I was like, yeah. "Um, <laughs> can I eat pizza?" And she's like, "Look, dude, you're gonna be able to eat anything you want at some point." Yeah. Just take it slow. Right. All that to say, it was just amazing the people that came out of the woodworks yes. that were like, I see you. I see what you're walking through. I don't only have empathy for you, but um, I've been there. So yeah. um, feel free to lean on me. It was a, it was a, And it was a beautiful, beautiful thing that I can look back on now. And um, I feel like book two just needs to be called, and then I got cancer. Uh, right. It could be. <laughs> our friends listening know that we postponed our tour that I should be on right now when they're hearing this. And one of the things that weekend that I would love to hear you speak into a little bit is the and in all my like God say something to me, say anything sure, to me sure. <laughs> uh, about this decision we had to make. I was reminded of John 15 where he says, everything that's fruitful, God prunes. Mm, mm, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I'm feeling that in a couple of different areas currently of where I go, I thought that was working. Mm. And then he goes, Yeah, yeah. I I'm not cutting back what doesn't work. Right. I'm not cutting back what ain't good. I'm cutting back what's good. Right. And I feel that on my calendar now because sure. my calendar got pruned when the tour got pruned. Right. And your calendar got pruned when, <laughs> when my life stopped. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. So what does it look like now that it's blooming again? What is the change in the world? Is it releasing I take my coffee black? Well, well let me let me say this first because I think it's important. I don't know how many other people are going to get the opportunity to say this to you on your podcast, so I want to say this to you now. When I saw, like the rest of the world did, that you postponed your tour in my stories, me understanding what it's like to want to connect to the people that you are a part of and all the plans, and me also understanding the business part of it and all the people, that's something that a lot of people don't understand, that when you cancel a tour, you you people lose jobs. Yeah. You know, I saw that, and I exhaled this mm-hmm. breath of... Annie, I am so sorry, but thank you for being so brave. And there are some people that might think, she canceled the tour. How brave is that? No, you. there are people you cancel their jobs. But for somebody me, like me who is um, now immune, like has some immunity yeah. issues, when I see people take big steps to go, I feel like I need to do this thing that in my gut I feel my, like is the right thing, which you I don't think people understand. You didn't have to do it. You didn't have to cancel your tour. Nobody came to you and said you must stop. Right. You had to make a decision. And you, you need, just hear it from me, oh, your friend, yeah. that for someone like me, I felt sad, but I was also cheering your heart on because it's brave. And what's fantastic is you have people that love you and they're going to wait. And not only are going to wait, they're going to come back with a fire. It's like when Broadway came back and there was standing ovation every there. time. Yeah, I, I saw. <laughs> standing ovations every time yeah. someone stepped on stage. Yeah. Th- that's going to come back for you. But thank you for that, wow. for, for being brave like that. And um, it's a statement. that You doing that was a statement to a lot of people. And um, you're not, that's just not you idly standing by in silence going, I see what's going on over there. Right. That's you having an active thing that costs you something yeah. to say, this is more important. And so know that there are thousands of people out there that are screaming Thanks. at you in the best way possible going, you do the darn thing, girl. Yeah, thank you, but Tyler. What was the question again? <laughs> I just very kind. I'm very teary about it. The question was how... Now that now that you've been pruned back, talk to me about because I'm not on the other side of the pruning. I'm smack in the middle. 
<laughs> you're on the other side where things are starting to grow back. I mean, it is a little difficult to still, like, my book tour is pretty much non-existent. Right. You know? Um, I got to go do an in-person in Las Vegas. Yeah, I saw that. It looked awesome. My parents were signed with me. Oh, my God. And if you, once you dive into the book, there's so much of my mom and my dad in this book that people lost their mind that they were able to be a part of that. Yes. and, then and here, I bet it meant a ton to them, too. It did. Yeah. It did. Um, and then I was able to do an in-person here in Nashville at Parnassus, and I did a politics and prose uh, the, thing. The line was out the door at Parnassus. It was insane. Yes. It was insane. It but was it was insane. it was good. They they were super sweet and trying to continually tell me, <laughs> it filled up quicker than, you know, I was yeah. like, that. I appreciate that. I live here. Yes. So that was great. And uh, we did a politics and prose thing with Michael Steele, which yeah. was super dope. Yeah. But... You know, I have a ton of people who are all over now the United States going, yeah. comes, come, when are you going to come here? And my yeah. simple answer is, is we, I can't. Yeah. Um. Maybe one day. Yeah. So trying to find new ways to impact people. Uh, and this is my first book. So yeah. all the traditional ways that my publicist or people would yeah. go, this is what you want to do have changed. Yeah. So um, I'm just trying my best to get the word out. Yeah. And because I think it is so important Yeah. and it's not just a, do- a, a book about cats, though I love cats and I think that would be beautiful, <laughs> but because I think it's important, yeah. um, I, there's a little bit of stress of trying to figure out the best way to get it out into the world. Not yeah. because of sales reason. I mean, don't get me wrong. New York Times bestselling author, Annie <laughs> F. Downs. But, um, I, you know, you just feel like you want to get things into people's hands. It's important. So that's kind of I want to read your author note that you wrote because it's one of my favorite author. It, it is my favorite author note I've ever seen. And this is what you wrote. People, if you're reading this, then you done chose well. <laughs> I was like, he is not playing. He knows it's a gift that we all get this book. Congratulations. So first, I want to thank you. Second, I want to warn you that as you get deeper into the pages of this book, things are about to get real, real. So as a courtesy, I've changed the names and identifying details of a few people who appear in this book. Got it? We cool? Dope. Let's go. Tell me what you mean when you say, why did you have to warn us about it getting real? (sighs) (laughs) Let's go. Um, So a couple things. One... I knew I was going to write a book about the black my black my black experience. Yeah. And before Tyler Mayer project or like just in your life you knew that would happen at some point? No, during Tyler what no, it hit me after I took a 2-year sabbatical and I talk about it in the book. Yep. After that 2-year sabbatical, I was walking a lot. Mhm. And as I was walking, I was dreaming. So I yeah. built the book in my head on a walk, yeah. you know? Oh, um, yeah. Like Jay-Z has a thing where he, he raps. Like he used to talk about he would walk the streets of Brooklyn and he would have all these raps in his head. And so then he would go to the microphone and just spit them out because he had them. Uh-huh. That's how I felt about the book. Like I had written this book in my head. Yeah. And it was done from yeah. beginning to end. And I toiled over it. And, of course, there's a black experience piece in here where I give history and humor and all of that stuff. But I knew that I wanted – and I'm so glad I'm on your podcast talking about this because I do a lot of interviews with people that aren't believers. And they don't completely get this piece of this. Yeah. Right? I knew that the secondary theme to this book was going to be how many people have fallen, have failed – and how many people have we lost because they never got back up? Wow. How many people have we lost because we, either as believers, sometimes we can be cannibals and we eat our own and yeah. we're like, eh, and we just get rid of you. Or we go, your failure is too big that you mm-hmm. can't go on to do anything else great. Yeah. I knew that in this book, I was going to shatter a lot of Christian um, male author things, you know, because <laughs> yes. listen, totally. we have some pretty brilliant women authors. And let me be very clear. I'm not hating on any male sure. Christian authors, but a lot of female Christian authors got it on lock. They mm-hmm. write their truth, honest, and they're like, here's all my things. Yeah, you're right. right. You're a right. lot of male authors Christian, are not, they ain't trying to mess with that because it right. affects they're their teaching money. And, they're yep, teaching. They're, yep. It's so many things. Yeah. I didn't have anything to lose. <laughs> so... <laughs> I, I, I had even said to my publisher, I was like, look, 
if I'm going to do this, you need to know it's about to be, I'm going to be really honest. Yeah. I'm going to talk about some things that people, especially believers, don't like to talk about in real, it, that we hide. Mm-hmm. It's And, and it's not going to be that fake kind of hiding where it's like, here's a couple of things about myself that you'll find interesting. Mm-hmm. No. I chapter seven is literally called never going to be president now, a.k.a. my husband found your pictures. Oh, gosh. <laughs> right. 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 Like where I'm like I, and I start off the chapter by saying, I want you to imagine one of the worst things you've ever done. And then imagine Netflix had a special where they projected it on a screen for everybody to see. Mm-hmm. How would you feel? Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you into this moment. And this is the penultimate chapter. I'd already given you some things. I talked about how I got fired from a church that I call Nashville Christian Church down the street and why I got fired from there. And I don't hold back. And and let me be clear, I didn't put that out there as shock value. In this book, and this is the part that gets me so excited. In this book, I bet on proximity. I put all my cards in on proximity and went, look, I am going to This isn't going to be a book about all the things I've won. This isn't going to be a book about how I killed it at that or how I was a stone cold player at that. This is going to be a book about brokenness. Mm. And brokenness recognizes brokenness. And I'm going to let you walk with me. I'm going to let you walk with me in a way that is so, so close that almost at the end of this book, you can't help but to have empathy. Yeah. And I had a friend who read the book and texted her friend. I was like, you have to read this book. Mm -hmm. Her friend read it and sent a text back and said, I feel like. I've walked so closely with Tyler that it's almost uncomfortable. And she wrote back and said, like, in a bad way? And she's like, no, 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 not in a bad way. It's just I have friends that I'm not this close to. Wow. She was like, I I know more about this his struggles than I do about some of my closest people. Yes. And that kind of proximity, which could only be reached in my world by me being real and honest and truthful. Yeah. And writing it down and handing it over. And handing it over. And yeah. the audiobook too, sounds like everybody is, like, tripping on this audiobook because yeah. they're like, dude. Is it you? you? It's me. Yeah, it's me course. and uh, my mom and dad are on it. Oh, and yeah, good. So all of that to say, there's just this closeness to it that when you're done, you put down the book and you're like, I have to talk to somebody about yeah. what just happened here. Yeah. And um, it's it's special, Annie. It's yeah. it's It's really... It's really, really special. And and it was hard. Yeah. I get text – the most text messages that I get right now say two things. One, your mom should write a book because <laughs> I talk about my mom in it. And the second is, is how do your mom and dad feel about Everything. what you say in this yeah. book? Yeah. Like, are, are they okay with you talking about all the things that you struggle with? Yeah. And are they cool with that? Yeah. And – my answer has been this is my parents know their son. Yeah. They they know who I am. Yeah. It was also fun though having people like Jimmy Kimmel involved. And I'll tell you why. Yes. I'll tell you why. The reason why it's fun having Jimmy Kimmel involved is because I tend to kind of swim in this like Christian guilt. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. And Jimmy's a believer. He's Catholic. I mean, yeah. he has his own, right? But I would finish these huge chapters that I would be exhausted and be like, yeah. oh, my gosh, this is like the worst thing. Yeah. And I would send him over to Jimmy because he was a part of my early reader group. And uh, Jimmy would write me back and go, this isn't that bad, dude. <laughs> like, you're fine. You're good. Yeah, he's like, I'm like compared to. Compared, right. Right. I'm like, dude, but do you see what I said here? Yeah. And Jimmy's like, it's good, dude. You're fine. Yeah. Really. His forward was really kind. And also, I love that he talked about y'all both growing up in Las Vegas. Oh. And th- I mean, y'all are like. It's sweet because when he writes it, he's like, I mean, this is – we're real friends. This yeah. is like a real friend of mine. Yeah, and we established that over a good two-year – I mean, during the pandemic, essentially. Yeah. And he called my mom when I was in the hospital. Wow. You know, um, he was he was fantastic. And he, he told me he wanted to write the forward. Yeah. He, he read the first chapter and wrote me and went, so can I write the forward? Yeah. I was like, it's only one chapter, bro. Like right. the rest of this book is <laughs> right. suck. Right. You know, um, so it was kind of a, a beautiful thing. And what's also great about this book is to be completely transparent, I did not specifically write it. Well, oh no, let me be really clear. I did not write it for a Christian audience. Yeah. 
Um, in fact, there's just to be to warn everybody. There's a handful. I, I cuss in my personal life, mm-hmm. so there are a handful of cuss words in the book. Not a ton, but there's there's some yeah. in there. But chapter seven is called chapter seven is called I was doing perfectly fine. Then damn it, here comes Jesus. Yeah. And that chapter is 100% my testimony, Annie. Like, in the midst of this book, I purposely didn't talk about God for the first however many chapters because he wasn't a part of my life. And then I have this conversion experience. Yeah, the bio said—I thought this was great. You said how Jesus barged in uninvited. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It was a— so much of the stories in, in the book have to do with my obsession with women. Uh-huh. And my mom kind of conned me into going to the summer camp. Yeah. And I tell this story, and it ends up reading like a te- like a full-on testimony. So you're yeah. reading this book with all this other stuff. Yeah. But in that chapter, I get to go into the importance of the black church. I get to go into lynching. I get to go into the role of pastors within the black community. Yeah. All in the midst of me talking about how God like grabbed a hold of me unexpectedly mm-hmm. in the smack dab in the middle of this book. So mm-hmm. here's this very, very, very like Jesusy chapter smack dab in the middle of this book, yeah. and you know I, I'm having people like Jimmy Kimmel read it, and I'm yeah. thinking like, at what point are you going to jump off this jump off this ride? Yeah. But what happens with this book is because I'm so honest with you about every other aspect of my life. You're able to take my Jesus story yes. the same way how you're able to take my story about struggles of me being in fifth grade and this girl not liking me. You know, sure, totally. it, it falls into this whole rhythm. So you've already the, earned our trust. I've in the first six chapters. I've yeah. earned your trust. And yeah. so then when this super heavy, like really, I can't wait for your readers. To, I cannot wait for your readers to read it. Um, out of the sheer joy I get to feel when I hear people's testimonies. Yeah. But I tell it in a pretty funny way. Yes. But it's pretty moving. Yeah. It's 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 pretty moving. And it's smack dab in the middle of this book that is about so much more than that. Yes. Yeah. What when you write a book like this where it covers the first 30 some odd years of your life. It covers everything. I mean, right. you really have told I mean, is the next one really a cancer book? What happened? I mean, are are you done writing? Because you make so much content in so many different ways, yeah. which is so your library won't just be a library of a shelf of books. Mm-hmm. Your library, if we could pull a video and put it there and pull some of your, I mean, you're in movies mm-hmm. that we're all about mm-hmm. to get to see. You're, I mean, you're an actor first, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and singing. And it, it, you just make, you're like a trivial pursuit wheel. Of how you tell us things. Are there more books? Um, I, I, well, there is definitely 100%. I have a kid's book coming out next year. <gasps> yes. yes. Um, good. I can't wait. We'll read it on mini BFF. Club, I'm going to text you the illustrator. Uh-huh. And because we just confirmed the illustrator. It's oh, yes. Dope. I can't it's wait. dope, Annie. Yes. It's dope. But I have a kid's book coming out next year. So that's book two. And it's. Which is a totally different part of the Trivial oh, Pursuit Wheel. Right, yeah. right. I I have more stories to tell. Yeah. Um, will it be a book? Will it be a screenplay? Will it be well, a play? Here's here's here's. So if you come to a if you are at a book reading of mine, I'll do a Q and A. Yeah. In the first Q and A, the first question is always this: Is this going to be a one man show? Because I read chapter one, right. and because of the way I read chapter one, it feels it. it feels broad. Yes. It feels yes. like you know. And I, my answer to that has been my Broadway friends work way too hard. So I would much <laughs> eight rather shows. just eight shows, eight shows a week. Six days. Like no. I just want to put it on. I'll do a film. <laughs> we are we are easy. We work. Yes. You know. Yes. Um, but I do think that there will be another book because I love this format. And okay, that's what I, I was underestimated, wondering. which you get completely because you have books on books on books out. How how radical readers can be. Yeah. Like, readers are their own grouping of people. Because they've put so much time into it. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So um, I I see one in the future, but I also don't want to write something that, I don't want to write something for writer's sake. Yeah. No I, I want to, if I'm go- going to write something, it need, I had a very particular vision on this yeah. of exactly how I wanted to start the book, how I wanted to end the book, and... I, 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 let me explain a little bit about that. Okay. About I want the, you to. So if if you're listening to if you're when you read the book, I open with a chapter called "If She Only Knew Part One," mm-hmm. and it's my experience of 
meeting this older white woman on the street while I'm walking. And I talk about how I took down my hoodie so she could see my face. I took off my bandana. I took off my headphones so she could see that I could hear her. I took off my sunglasses so that she can see my eyes. And I tell about how I made myself smaller mm. so that she, she would be not afraid. be afraid. Yeah. And with everything I did, she still ended up being scared. And I talk about how that affected me. But in that first chapter, I also start to give you all these little hints. Like I talk about me listening to Bring It On the Musical on my headphones. I talk about me wearing an Alabama hoodie because that's what my parents, how they raised me. So I give you all these hints in this first chapter. Which I hate that part. You know I'm a Georgia fan. (laughs) In January when we're playing each other in the national championship. We will. I hope. We'll we'll have to conversate. I hope, yes. And so I give all these hints about who I am in this very first chapter. Yeah. And I talk about if she only knew, if she knew everything that I had to do to get to this moment, then maybe she would love me. Mm -hmm. And then I take you through the book, and then I bring you back to the last chapter, which is if she only knew part two. Mm -hmm. And now you get to walk through it after reading 16 chapters about me. And now you're, you're, you're reading this chapter going, of course he has an Alabama hoodie on. Right, right, Because his right, family's right. from Utah, Alabama. Of right. course he's listening to a musical because, you know, and, and now you're going, I know I this know guy. I know this guy, yes. That's and it. how dare mm-hmm. her be afraid of you? Yeah. You are a beautiful black king. Right. And I, in the book, I say, and arguably as sexy as Denzel. You <laughs> yeah, know? there you go. <laughs> you know? um, but you get you get, as a reader, to the end of the book and go, Oh my gosh, not only was she mistaken, but if she knew who this guy was, she would have jumped out of that car and said, hey. Right. You know, and I talk about how I made myself less. You would understand why I made myself less because that's what kings do. Mm. They serve in love. Mm. So Jesus did. Yeah. And um, it's, oh, it's, it's good, Annie. (laughs) It's good. So I'm thinking about our friends who want to write books that are listening. Yeah. And they've been out on a walk and they've seen the whole thing. Sure. How close to what you saw out on a walk is this? Did this actually turn out? It's close, man. Yeah. It's really close. The only thing in the book that that isn't I felt like I owed some people some responsibility because I'm so because I create content and everything. Mm-hmm. Like people will smell out my fakeness in a second, sure. right? Yeah. So the only thing that is kind of off in my book is stuff that I didn't want to get sued over. Sure. <laughs> like, Certainly. Genuinely. Yeah. You know, that's right. names that I had to change and stories that I had to alter just a little bit yep. so yeah. that, you know. Everybody has to do that. Everybody has to do it's that. Part of it. Because also when I'm writing books, I'm not trying to tell his or her story. I'm telling my story, and so I need to change their part of the story a little bit because this they didn't sign up for this just by being in my life. So, so I, I've ne- I haven't talked about this on any of the pocket or anything that I've done. So there's a chapter where I talk about getting essentially fired from a church mm-hmm. for having a relationship with um, a consenting mm-hmm. adult, mm-hmm. and. Some of my friends that are really close to the story are like, why did you let that person off the hook? Mm-hmm. Like, why didn't you go in on what really happened? Like, this was your opportunity to go look at this big picture. And I said, no, this was not my opportunity to no. go in on anybody. Right. This story isn't about them. Right. <laughs> this, they are an object lesson They for are me. an object lesson right. for me. That's this right. story is not about them. This story is yep. about me. Yeah. And... Uh, somebody said in that story, they end up coming off like you almost forget the person was there. And I said, that works for me. Yeah. Because I'm not trying to ruin anybody's life or That's people right. that don't know, do know the story. But I do think it's important to tell my story. And so if you're a writer and you are listening to this, the, the thing that I would encourage is lean into truth. And, and I really do feel this way. If it doesn't scare you a little bit what you're writing – I would ask, is it worth writing? Mm. Does it does it scare you a little bit? Especially yeah. if you're telling your story. Yeah. Does it scare you a little bit? And I'm not saying you have to go and put all your world out there, but is there some fear in your pen? Yeah. Because if there is, you're probably writing something that's going to stick to somebody else's bones. Yeah, that's right. I always say if I am cry when I'm writing, they cry when they read. 
That's always when people say, when I read that chapter, I'm like, yeah, I know, because I cried the whole way through. <laughs> I was typing it. So I know what you did. Annie, listen, I read the audiobook down uh, the street yeah. at Spotland Studios. Yeah. Every fact, every time I would drive to Fast go read here. the book, I would think about you guys. <laughs> down, walking distance down the street, I read it. I wrote the book. All of those things. When I finally listened to the audiobook, yeah. Annie, I was out on a walk listening to chapter 15, which is called the Tyler Merritt Project, and I was bawling. And I'm yeah. going, I wrote that. Like, I know what's in here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I know I know what's in here. Yeah. And um, it made me also super excited for anybody who doesn't know the stories that they're about to get into. And we yeah. did something really special with the audiobook, too. Hachette allowed me to... As soon as they assigned me the engineer, yeah. I called the engineer. Yeah. And, and she was like, why are you – authors don't call me. And <laughs> right. I was like, yeah, I know, but listen, we're going to do something special. Yeah. And she was like, okay. And so I kind of sold her the idea. So yeah. her name is Jen. Yeah. I make her a part of the audiobook. Oh, cool. And so she ends up playing a character in it. Oh, and wow. my mother and father, um, there's parts in the book where – I call my mom on the phone yeah. and she comes on and she reads, like she tells her oh, story. that's awesome. Well, there's sound effects. Like I said, Jimmy Kimmel's on it. Yeah. Um, James Monroe Iglehart, who's a Broadway guy, he's Don't on it. Don't I know? It. Aladdin. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the genie. He's on it. I actually text him earlier and I was like, hey, man, I'm going to be on um, Annie's podcast. If you're free, let me know. We'll give you a call because she lost her mind last time. But uh-huh. He's he recovering from the Tonys last night. So. Uh, listen, that was fun to watch, so wasn't it? Oh, did you well, love it? I loved it. Did yeah. you see the? Did you see the whole performance? He was on the Freestyle yes. Love Supreme. Yes, I saw him. Yeah, at the, he, at they the were end. the the fact that at the end of the Tonys they spent four minutes recapping the Tonys. I was like, this is the this crew is the most brilliant. It yeah, their ability to think on their feet is unparalleled. And what he did, what James did, is he troll anybody who's been listening to the podcast I've been on. Or yeah. I did a thing with him, Megan Hilty, and yeah, Laura Bell Bundy. Live, right? Yeah, oh, I love Laura a live and Instagram live, which is on my page. So if you're a Broadway fan, go check. Out. Yes. It's super fun. He likes to troll me uh-huh. with people that I love. Yeah. So I have an undying love for Leia Salonga, who uh-huh. starred in Miss Saigon. Yes. In fact, you know how edits work. Yes. I had like three pages de- like <laughs> to devoted to Leia, and my editor was like, nah, man. Now we got to take Nobody cares this much about this except you and like four other people. But he sent me a picture yesterday from the Tonys with him and Leia. Oh, that's so. Just to troll me. Like anytime he has an opportunity. I love it. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to tell you about one of our incredible partners, Green Chef. It's pretty common among our group of friends here at That Sounds Fun to want to pursue being good friends to ourselves and to become healthier versions of ourselves. But life is busy and there's so much to take care of. Why not allow Green Chef to take care of what they're experts at? Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company, so you can enjoy hand-picked organic veggies and premium proteins in their meal kits without having to worry about where they came from. Green Chef is also the most sustainable meal kit, offsetting 100% of their plastic use and 100% of their carbon footprint and emissions. Enjoy your greens while being green. You know I love that. Green Chef is America's number one meal kit for eating well, meaning they're the best meal kit whether you're keto or paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, pescatarian, or you just want to eat more balanced meals. Here's why I love Green Chef. First of all, the selection. See, the expert chefs curate every recipe and offer over 30 meal choices every week. There's tons of flexibility to switch plans, and it just means you get restaurant-quality dishes in the comfort of your own home. Second, the food is amazing. The Moroccan beef and sweet potato chili was a hit last week. So delicious, and I love how it pushed me out of my rut of cooking the same old things. And third, the way everything is pre-portioned and comes with clear, easy-to-follow instructions saves so much time, y'all. No menu planning or long lines in the grocery store on the way home from work. Just fresh, premium ingredients delivered right to my door. Yes, please. Let Green Chef simplify your life while also helping you be healthier. Go to greenchef.com slash that sounds fun one zero zero and use the code that sounds fun one zero zero to get a hundred dollars off, including free shipping. My gracious, you guys. Again, that's greenchef.com slash that sounds fun one zero zero and use the code that sounds fun one zero zero to get a hundred dollars off, including free shipping on the number one meal kit for eating well. And now back to finish our conversation with Tyler. Okay, speaking of characters, yes. tell me the movies we get to see you in the rest of this year. Um, Where should we look for you? No, the, the two two things that are coming out. Oh, no, three things. 
So Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, which is stars Heather Locklear and a guy named Jason McDonald. It's a story. It's a Christine Carlson story. Uh-huh. She had a really popular book called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff that came out. It comes out on Lifetime in October. Okay. Well, like, I think October 10th, maybe. Oh, so it's out when, by the time people yeah, hear this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, which stars Heather Locklear. And then there's a movie called The Inspection, which okay. got stopped because of COVID, but it will be out eventually. Um, it stars Gabrielle Union and a Broadway actor by the name of Jeremy Pope, who mm-hmm. is incredible. Yeah. And um, I get to play a really fun role in that. Um, and then also there's a new show on Apple called Swagger that's coming out. Okay. It's produced by Kevin Durant. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in an episode of that show, and I can't wait for that to come out because there's some really cool people. Um, yes. Ice Cube's son is in it. Yeah. Um, my boy Tristan Mack is in it. It's a story of, of basketball from, like, high school kids growing up to yeah. going to professional world. It's It's good. So I have a couple things coming out that will be fun. Do you get to go record anything? Anytime, record. Do you get to go at, film anything anytime soon? Do you have any coming up? Um, fingers crossed there's a project coming up that's on Paramount Plus, but I probably shouldn't talk about it. Okay. I haven't booked okay. it yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, <laughs> but we hope. We hope. Yeah. Next time. You know what's so funny is last time I was here, I was in the middle of writing the book. Yeah. And so I kept saying this. I kept, I know you have a million podcasts. No, I remember you kept saying, I, kept I can't going, talk about that. I can't talk about this. <laughs> Right now, because I'm in the middle of writing it. So it feels so good to be able to come back and be like, all that stuff. I can tell stuff. you everything. I can tell you everything. <laughs> you can now. find me on TV. You can yeah, find me in your bookstore. Yeah, you can find yeah. me on the internet. Anywhere you want me. Tyler, is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to make sure we cover? Um, let's see. Uh, there, I'll tell you, there's a piece in the book that I, if, I, I just want to say this, that if people don't end up reading the book and they just are still listening to this podcast, um, I've been trying to communicate this thought as many uh, chance, chances uh-huh. as I have. I just want to encourage your listeners that when I talk about this in the book, and so I'm saying it so if you don't read it, listen, there are things that only you, only you can do. Mm-hmm. You are significant. You are special, you are bright, you are beautiful, you are smart, and you are you. And nobody else is you. And we live in a society right now where it's so easy to feel like you get on social media and you go, oh man, I wish I was that, or oh man, one day I will be that. The simple truth is, is that only you can do that special, significant, unique thing that only you can do. And we need you right now more than ever. Yes. I need you. Mm-hmm. For me to be able to tell my next story successfully, right. I need you to step into the gap and be that significant you. Yes. So I just want to encourage That's any good. of your listeners who are out there right now who have been debating or thinking about if they should do yes. that thing. Do or the thing. Do the thing. Yeah. Um, take that step forward and and try to try to shake away all of the fear because we need you. Yes. And I'm trying to let everybody know that yes. because as people begin to step up, um, we're seeing so much beauty in this time because people are stepping into that. People ask me a lot, like, what do you think about the explosion of podcasts and how many people are starting shows and and how many people are writing books, all the things I do? And I'm like, yeah, we need all of them. We need everybody to do their thing. Everybody yeah. do your thing. That Everybody doing their thing does not hurt me doing my thing. Right. And, so but that's a really big thing, thing for you to say that, Annie. Like, it, not everybody feels that way. Right. And I don't feel this way every minute of every day. There are moments. But but over the overarching truth is that if I'm running after what God has for me and you're running after what God has for you, we are not going to miss. This is true. Right. Oh, that that is so big. And I think that's something that people need to understand. Yeah. So write your book, start your podcast. Write your book, start your podcast. And this is coming from a guy that had a book come out the same day as Gabrielle Union and Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, (laughs) right. You know what I mean? (laughs) Write your book, right. But I mean, there are people who are waiting to go back to college. Go back to college. Go back. There are people waiting to have a kid, go on a date, get married, do it. Like, do all the things. Step forward. We need you to do your thing. And 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 I would encourage you to not just do it because it's... It's the next thing you should do or it's the next right thing. Do it because what you do matters. Yes. Like what you do really is important. Yes. The simple fact, Annie, and we know this, and Gregory back behind <laughs> us knows. By the way, I want to throw this Best out there. Ever, right? He's he's the, 
if those of you who watch this and listen to this uh-huh. podcast religiously, Gregory is a beautiful man with a chiseled chin. Yes. With a, with <laughs> curly hair up top. I believe he has a girlfriend now. Right. Um, tall. What are you? Six six two. Six four. Six four. Ladies. <laughs> Ladies, you gotta line Ladies. up behind Hannah. Line up behind <laughs> Hannah. My bad, Hannah. Hannah, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to come at you, Hannah. Um. <laughs> we love Hannah. We all feel like we're dating Hannah. We like her so much. We like think the world of her. Oh, okay. So I see. But it's my, great. Moral of the story is yes. is that Annie, if years ago you didn't step out in your own truth to do mm-hmm. to pen your own story, people look at you now and they go, "Of course you did." But people don't understand that you started. What, yeah, everybody start. Yeah, and you then Craig started. wouldn't have a job. You wouldn't be sitting I, I here wouldn't be for sitting us to have here. this conversation. And right. right now, people are like, "This was the best podcast ever." That's Annie, right. thank you and so much I for having have done Tyler. It if I wouldn't have been listening to the relevant podcast, or listening to This American Life, or listening to Beth Moore, right? So everybody was telling me. I was watching other people do their thing, and I thought, I can do my thing. Right. And then we watch you, and we go, okay, well, Tyler is reaching in every spot of the world. Like, you're you're making art for us and everywhere. How, how can I change the world? Right. How can I change the world because Tyler had cancer? Right. Right? That's what I'm talking about. Right. We don't all got to have a 28-pound tumor to learn from your 28-pound tumor. This is the truth, and I would not wish that on anybody. Right, right. Maybe a um, couple people. <laughs> <laughs> but we won't say their names. Right. We won't say their names no, until we not turn yet. this off. Not right. yet. Right. Okay. The last question we always ask. Because the show is called That Sounds Fun. Tell me what sounds fun to you. <sighs> What's fun right now? Oh, man. I'll tell you what sounds fun to me. I want all of uh-huh. the Broadway people that I know. Yes. All of the Broadway people. And I'm not talking about on the, like, kind of Broadway people that know, like, yeah. a Broadway song. I want to get a full, packed house mm-hmm. of Hamilton fans together. Yes, yes, yes. And let the Hamilton cast go, yo, y'all, you're here? This is a sing-along. <gasps> A live. I thought that when I was sitting in Wicked. This Why did they a, never let us do a sing along? This is a live sing along yes. from yes. the moment we start. We're going to be singing along. <laughs> and I'm talking, I want to get every single, yes. like hardcore, because I have like 58 Hamilton references in yes. my book. Yes. I want to get everybody in the room and I want them to go, dun, 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 dun. and yeah. everybody at the same time just How go, does oh, yeah. right. Like, Listen, my friend Joseph is such a good King George. I, I've got your King George for you. There you go. Yes. But we uh, can have multiple so King Charles because we That's can fill it. a whole That's theater. It. But if you just need a leader, if you're going to lead, <laughs> if, if, if every section needs a lead, well, I'm going to sing all the parts. Yeah. We're, but I'm for sure doing Guns and Chips. Right, right. Because I'm gonna, you ain't I, seen a thing. All right. Until <laughs> you see me do the first part of Guns and Chips. Right. I, not, not the, the second part. part. Not no, the, not that's the left insane. Left, right? left, I don't have a very good French accent. So you I know. can't rap in French. This is what I'll do. My 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 boy James is currently playing Thomas Jefferson Lafayette on. I'm going to have. He? Yeah, on he's currently on Broadway until November 14th. Are you going up to see it? I think so. You should. Because Megan Hilty's also doing this show that yeah. we, we make try to go and see. But yeah. anyways, boy, we're going to try to go. But can you imagine how fun that would be? Like, Annie, think about it for a minute. Listen. A whole room full, I, a theater full of I'm just everything. i just thinking ah, about it. Ah, the whole, oh, come yeah, on, man. Because then here's what else gets to happen. All those people who think they're, they are actually Angelica or Eliza. Yeah. And they will sing, burn with their <laughs> We'll laugh at them. Like, have your moment. Have your moment. This is you performing. Right. Have your moment. Can we... Can we get back to the show? Yeah. Or uh, it's it's quiet uptown. You think I'm not going to come hard during it's quiet right. uptown? You ain't met me. Right. I will. You're going to come hard. I'm coming hard <laughs> on guns and chips and it's quiet uptown. I'll let everybody else handle the rest. We got people for all the rest. But oh, I'm man. I'm telling you. Yeah. I know that's crazy, that's be- but that sounds I, fun. How man. do we... How do we do this? <laughs> how do we do a fundraiser where... It doesn't even have to be, I mean, I would do like, like, it doesn't have to be Lynn. Yeah. In fact, I respect him hugely. Yeah. I don't, I don't need him to be that sure, my Hamilton. Sure, sure, We could just get people to act no, it at TPAC and let everyone sing along. I, I oh. know some people. I know some you people. You can be, who would you want to be? Um, uh, George Washington. Okay. Yeah. Easily. Yes. I, George Washington. Sit um, under your own vine. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
exactly. Annie, Don't I love afraid. you so much right now. Okay, yes, yeah, so you're George Washington. Okay, we just, here's the idea. Here, I'm just fleshing it okay, out let's with flesh us. it out. Let's flesh it out. We call TPAC. Okay. And we say, give us one of the small rooms. Give us Andrew Jackson. There here. you go. I, I was just going to say, Seats, the bit, what, that would a be. thousand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and and we will get a cast together to act out Hamilton-ish. I mean, it's not going to be, it's not, we're not going to build two no, levels. No, no, no. We don't I'm need gonna, Hamilton to no, drop a book from. I, no, I'm going to, I will provide the cast and the set and the real life thing. We will do the actual. John we're, Adams. We're going to, yeah. <laughs> he's going to drop it? It's going to, it's going to be the whole nine. Okay, but okay. in a smaller room. I will pay a, I will a sing pay along. For, Yes, yes. Why are why, why is this not already happening? Why is this not the next thing you do? A Hamilton sing along? Yeah. What would it take? Do we have to get permission from Lynn? Yeah, I think all the permissions we can work out. I'm okay. not concerned about all that. <laughs> like that's what I'm saying. I come in. Like I yeah, got, yeah, I know I know some it. people. You're a producer. Right. You can but produce wait, this. But I also what are we gonna think, raise money for? Oh, lymph. Your your <laughs> like the, my cancer. Yeah. Hey, that's a good question. We just need it needs to be a fundraiser because we need to charge five hundred dollars a seat. Because if you can't afford to sit here, I don't want to hear you sing. This is true. I don't need I don't need well, we'll scholarships and people no, because we'll we sco- need some no, good singers. We will one hundred percent scholarship. In fact, I would pay out of my pocket for those people, similar like how they did with rent. Yeah. We need a rent sing along. Okay, we do need a rent sing along. And we, we and need a wicked, wicked sing along. Listen, at some point, I don't think it's anytime soon, at some point, like your friend yeah. that will be done. Yeah, yeah. At, at some point, my friends will be done with Wicked because yeah, yeah. you can't play Glenda till you're 67. And so, and, sh- and Jenna Claire Lifts is from yeah, Brentwood, from so Brentwood. we can just get her back down here. What if there's just a new series at TPAC that you start of sing-alongs? I can't, I can't Can wait. I tell you the other one that I would need? Is I don't want to sit in the front, by the way. Can I, I want to sit in the back. I want to, no, I want to sit in the back because I want to feel the energy. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. even when I'm at Hamilton on, in New York on Broadway, watching the people in their chairs not being able to contain themselves yeah, is one of the right. funnest parts. Like watching right. people like shaking because they can't help that's but it. to like sing that's the words. It. I know. But we need another one for that's Jagged Little Pill too. Okay, yeah. I would sing along <sighs> to all of that because that's, I mean, that's that whole album. That's that whole album. Yeah. Have you listened to the soundtrack huh. for Jagged Little no, Pill yet? Uh-uh. Should I? Tonight. Okay, done. Tonight. Happening. I'll try to see if I can get you the 12 inch, the, the, the record, because you listen to records. Yes, yes, yes. I'll see if I'll get okay. Yo. But I can, yes, I'll It's just, so great. It's got to be on Spotify, right? Oh, it's out. Yeah, it's, okay. it's out. Okay. It's, uh. I'll start it. T- okay, okay. We're. I, I just need you to really do this. I need you to like, this is like a 2022 goal. Let's yeah. do it. Well, let me, let me, let me get this book out in the world. Okay, sure, and we'll sure, come sure. Back. Sure, me, sure, sure. I got sure, priorities. You take right your, now? I mean, you, this could be a moneymaker for you. This doesn't have to be a nonprofit at all. You can actually just, I will. People will pay a lot of money to sit in there and sing along. If you get even, I don't know how many people are in the cast of Hamilton. Fifteen. A lot. Thirty. A little more than that. Yeah. If if you brought us two big deals, yeah, people are going to pay a lot of money to sing along with them. Yeah. I can't. I cannot wait. You are going to get so rich off of turn, this. You just turn your what sounds fun to you into a full on like new <laughs> event thing. that I'm attending. Events, yes. Events, right. Yes. Your what sounds fun to you just became uh, something that gets blocked <laughs> on my calendar in 22. That is unbelievable. <sighs> and I love all the people that are listening to this right now who are sitting there with their mouth wide open like, like yes, yes, this is yes. The, why has this never happened? Yes. Somebody's taking notes right now trying to put together the Yes. And I'm like this to them. Start that. If you don't know the Hamilton soundtrack, you need to start now. Yeah. Because I need you ready. Yeah, I need you ready. I need you ready next year when we announce this date. Because don't don't I mean you don't have to know every word to show up. You may enjoy sitting there and not singing. Sure. You will like it better. When you hear me do Guns and Ships, if you know Guns and Ships. And I think this is a fair time to say, for everybody who has said, I saw Hamilton on Disney, um, and then you think you saw Hamilton because you saw it on Disney Plus, Not doesn't quite. count. Not quite. Doesn't count. Not quite. I don't, but but that does leave in my mind that worst case scenario, we go to the bell court and we put it on the big screen. <laughs> And we just sing along to the big screen. That that's re- that's that can happen. That can that feels too easy. That feels not. That's only a phone t- call. That feels not only too. <laughs> <laughs> We're going into. You said that's just a phone call. <laughs> that's. I think the energy that's going to take place. I think what's going to happen is because someone else is singing it. Yes. And you're yes. singing with them. Yes. It's like going yes. to a concert when you're singing yes. with. Whoever, yes. you know what I mean. Whoever plays Aaron Burr isn't ready. He's already are, not ready for our response. Ready. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait, man. Why? It could be a one man show. You could do the whole thing. Yeah, this is true. I could. Well, not nah, too much work. Yeah, that's fair. That's, that's fair. That's you don't have to know. It'd be Lafayette is hard. Yeah, Lafayette alone. You're gonna is hard. actually have to just call David. Yeah, yeah. Because he's true that. he's probably available for that. I'm gonna show you some of these pictures. <sighs> that, 
on I am last night. I'm really into this. I'm yeah. that, that made my actual day. Yeah. I can't wait. As soon as you have a date, will you just let us tell so we can sure, block it? Sure. It's happening. Let me just get on it. Uh, I can't wait for people to read. I take my coffee black and show up for us to sing along to Hamilton. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, don't you guys just love him? What a great dude. And listen, how soon can we all get tickets to that Hamilton sing-along? How soon? I want to do it right now. Be sure to pick up a copy of Tyler's new book, I Take My Coffee Black, and make sure you're following him so you can tell him thanks for being on the show. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I will do the same. And today, that looks like putting my Hamilton record on the record player when I get home from work. I cannot wait. Y'all have a great weekend. Have some fun. Get some rest. We'll see you back here Monday celebrating Indigenous Peoples Day with a fascinating interview with my friend and founder of theredroad.org, Charles Robinson. Y'all are absolutely going to love him. Oh, I can't wait. See you guys then. <laughs>